I've been in a little bit of a battle. Actually, I'm more like referee to the callers battle tonight. I I am I'm choosing sides, but it's flipping on a dime, and I find it fascinating. The Deshaun Watson discussion, and should he be on the sideline? Should he be in a suite? I got callers calling in and, and suggesting there are racial undertones to the whole entire discussion when it comes to other callers. I it's it's gotten a little wild, Daryl, but it's been very entertaining. Of the things that matter, that doesn't even register to me because it doesn't matter. It's people, the people that are angry with him over this just are looking for a reason to be mad. I, 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 I just, who cares? He's done for the year. He's stuck in LA. He was at practice last week, hanging out with his teammates. He was on the field before the game. Probably in the locker room, too. Watch the game from a suite. I, I mean, I just, the, uh, <laughs> I just, I, I can't, uh, I, 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 I can't get on board with the, uh, the faux outrage. It wasn't faux. I'm telling you, it was real. I, I, well, I, mean, I know, it, it, I just, I. I'm with you. I didn't think it was a big deal at all. I thought it was a big nothing burger. I went through all my reasoning. I, I said, I said you might have too many, you know, chefs in the kitchen even if you're down there. And on top of it, Joe Flacco's won it's a, a Super Bowl. It's a safety issue. Him being on the sideline, the, the NFL sidelines are not safe. Do I know. I've been, I've been on them this? two times. I've been on the NFL sidelines, which is I, two more than most radio hosts. And it's it's incredible. You head on a swivel. There's not many yeah. people down there, and you got to pay attention. Maybe Nick Chubb should be standing on the sidelines while he's on crutches. Maybe yeah. that's a great idea. While we're like, I just, it, it's not a safe place to be. Like, it, it, you know, it, it, it's okay. Like, he he can't be around the team right now. All right, but while they were in Los Angeles, he was around the team. I I don't see the problem. I'm sorry. I, I don't see where there's a problem. Now, if he just completely ignored that the Browns were in town and whatever, uh, maybe there's a discussion to be had there. But he's he spent time around the team leading up to the game, before the game, you know? like And, 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 and just so people understand, uh, standard operating procedure for the Browns with players that are on injured reserve – they watch games from the suites. And this is this isn't a this isn't a Deshaun thing. This has gone on for years upon years upon years and proceed Kevin Stefanski and other head coaches. Like that's just been the the MO of how the Browns have done those things. That injured players they they watch the game from suites. So that's why I really don't feel like entertaining the conversation more than that, because it's a big nothing burger to me. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. It was amazing the amount of outrage. People can go back uh, go back and listen though. Seven o'clock hour. I mean, it was it was full phone lines of people wanting to get angry about it. And it was just and then the back and forth started. And I, I felt like, hey, listen, I'll I'll be your court jester, but I definitely felt like I <laughs> I was moderating some sort of big grandiose debate. And I'm like, I listen, guys, I just don't think it's that big of a deal. I really don't at the end of the day. And I also don't think there's anything he could have done that would have helped out. I, yeah, I, I mean, look, I understand he's not done a lot to win over the fan base considering the baggage he came with and the contract he got and and what it costs to get him here. But 
let's be fair in the criticism, okay? Like, that that's all I'm saying, you know? Mm-hmm. There are things legitimately worth criticizing with the guy, and there are things that you're just, you're, you're searching for a reason to be angry, and I'm going to file this whole conversation about him not watching a game from the sidelines as just an outlet for those looking to be angry at something, whether it's because they've lost the last two games or whatever, whatever it is. But But I I can tell you, Darrell, what I think kicked the hornet's nest, so to speak, because this was not a conversation we did yesterday. It's a conversation today because people saw Joe Burrow and Jake Browning yesterday and they saw Joe Burrow helping out Jake Browning. But my, my contention on that was Joe Flacco has won a Super Bowl. What is Deshaun Watson? What light? of illumination is Deshaun Watson going to have exactly. for Joe Flacco. Exactly. But again, that's not, I, I, I'm reasonable about it. You're reasonable about it. People that didn't want to be reasonable about it. They weren't going to, or want to be unreasonable yeah, about and, it. We're going to hear it. I'm not being disrespectful toward Deshaun here. Okay. But Joe, Joe Flacco's thrown for over 40,000 yards. He's played 16 years. He's won a Super Bowl, including the game MVP award. Like mm-hmm. what, what, honest to goodness, what light of illumination does Deshaun Watson have for Joe Flacco? Uh, you, you know, you know what I'm saying. Like, yeah, definitely. I mean, that, that was my main point. Like, that was my main point. It's not. Let's, let's there's nothing that's going to help people. there. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's be real here, people. Did you watch last night? I know you did because you were tweeting about it. Uh, that was. It was. Did I watch last night? Did you just ask me that question? Listen, Daryl, I watch. I watch every game, but I know not everybody That's watches as good every as you game. Spending the, way that the I am. seven o'clock hour playing referee for one of the most insane conversations ever. Well, I was going to have a follow up. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't. I was going to leave ahead, it. At, I was going to leave it up. at. Did you watch the game? Uh, I, yes, I watched the game. Yes. Hey, when I I lead up and I'm like, hey, let me ask you this question about it. And you're, I have no idea. I didn't see it. I am. Hey, I Jonathan, know. is water wet? Sometimes. Okay. All right. Wait a minute. Sometime. What? We'll get to that later. That's a that's a that's a YouTube conversation. We got to it's a different different path we need did to the, go did down. Did the laws of physics change since the last time I was in school? Sometimes. Sometimes. Solid, liquid, and gas. Sometimes. Pretty sure water's a liquid. I Liquids f- are wet. Again, sometimes. Either way, we're not doing a science class right now. We're talking about football. Jake Browning was awesome, and. Yeah, I didn't see that coming last night. I, I thought the Bengals were going to get curb stomped. He was I really did. good in the Steelers game, but yeah, nobody saw him coming and, and throwing and, and being the quarterback that he was last night. But I think the true story of last night, and you can't really lead with Jacksonville in any part of any discussion ever, uh, but Trevor Lawrence and the injury attached to it all, and obviously it means a lot for, for the Browns for this upcoming week. If, if you're Jacksonville, seeing the schedule they have, they got Baltimore the week after that, but they got a lot of winnable games in back of that Baltimore game. Do you take the we got to win every game approach and we throw Trevor Lawrence even if he's not 100% out there? Or is this the week you rest Trevor Lawrence, bypass the Browns game, and then go for it after there? Or maybe even skip the Ravens game as well. I'm looking up their schedule here. Um, I, I was checking it out the early, earlier yeah, today. I'm looking at okay, so they got Baltimore, uh, they got Baltimore and then after it's, the it's Browns. really easy after Baltimore. They got Baltimore. Tampa Bay, Carolina, and Tennessee. I sit him the next two weeks, play him the final three. Give that ankle two weeks to calm down. Uh, you still get eight wins in the back pocket. Uh, the standings uh, in their division in the AFC South, they've got, uh, they've got. Let's see here. Uh, well, it's it's tight right now. It's Indianapolis is seven and five, so they they have a one game lead on the Colts. So. 
Um, at least this week. Consider next week, have them play the final – because I think the final three games they should win. Yeah, that's uh, what I was looking at. Like, they yeah, should go 3-0 easily there. That That's um, that's 11-6. and six, And maybe uh, you steal one to get the 12. Uh, I don't know that the Colts have 12 wins um, in them. Uh, but hey, man, if if the kid can play, let him play. You know what I mean? Like, um, should that be his call, or do you think that should be Jacksonville's call? He's, uh, he, has he earned enough in your eyes? Uh, it's it should be everyone needs to be on the same page with that. It's the same thing with the Deshaun situation earlier this year. Everyone's got to be on the same page. They let it be Deshaun's call once, and uh, they got cooked because of it. So hmm. er- everyone's got to be on the same page. I want to pass something along before we get to the uh, one more Browns question I have for you. Patriots Steelers, did you see the over under? Because I know you you liked the over under when it was uh, Brown Steelers, and anytime I can get you talking about my friends in the desert, I like to do that. Patriots over under for this weekend <laughs> is it ten and a half? I mean, it might as well <laughs> first, be right. First, first one to three wins. Patriots are scoring twelve points a game. That's a league low. Hey, obviously. they're the what? What I see first time since the nineteen thirties that they lost three games and allowed ten or fewer points in three consecutive games. Yeah, they're, they're Bravo, off- Bill Belichick. Their offense has scored only one touchdown in the last three games. I mean, man, don't tell me Bill can't coach. His defense out there doing yeoman's work. I don't know. It kind of felt intentional, though, when they had <laughs> – they, they released a veteran kicker a couple weeks ago. Uh, I'm sorry. You, you, the the you, Giants yeah, game. Are you accusing – Yes. Are yes. you accusing Mr. Deflategate? Yes. Wait, yes, 100% and Mr. Spygate? I, I, will, I will put this on – Tanking? Uh, yes, he's 100% doing it, but I don't know why he'd tank if he's going to leave. And trying to get a player, he's not going to be there I don't know. Coach. I don't know why he'd tank if he's going to leave. That's that's the confusing yeah, part of all this. he's not going to be there. But you don't cut a veteran kicker to then put a rookie kicker out there and then have him do that in the most important part of a game and then obviously watch him miss a 35-yarder. Like, you just don't do those things if you're about You're just trying to give a young kid a chance. Kind of like the Browns did for 22 years. The over-under is 30. Just trying to give a kid a chance. It's 30, Daryl. It's the lowest since 1993. It's 30? 30. That seems high. I, they just don't go. They just don't go that low. They just they just they don't go that low. That's the difference. Well, that's here. what I'm saying. Thirty seems high for these two teams. It really does when you break it down, and we talk about just how inept the Patriots' offense has been. And then it's Mitch Trubisky, well, obviously backup quarterback now, leading the uh, the, listen, the the helm for a Pittsburgh offense. That is Deontay Johnson asleep? Is he not? I don't know. Listen, you could say that the Steeler offense is inept too. Like this is the ultimate battle of ineptitude. I just wish Mac Canada was going to be there to. Uh, to help contribute. <laughs> but it's still like he would help in a big way. It's still like an Iowa football game, though, right? Like, you can see the under. <laughs> you know you should bet it. But I still can't bring myself to do it, even though I know they're not going to score. If the Patriots played the Iowa Hawkeyes, would we see a touchdown? Our eyes would bleed. That's what we would see. <laughs> that would be that would be bad for everybody involved. Where's a spoon when I need one? I mean, my goodness. <laughs> that would be brutal. Uh, let me ask you a question that I don't know. I just don't have a good answer for, so that's why I'm asking you. <laughs> it's cute. You think I have a good answer? Go I ahead. don't know. I was. I don't think anybody in the country has a good answer for this. But I'm gonna. I'm gonna give you the task here. Okay. All right. Why are the Browns' home road splits for defense so far off? Thirty points a game on the road. Ten points at home. On the road, they've allowed the seventh most amount of touchdowns in the NFL. At home, only the Ravens and the Dolphins have allowed fewer than we have. Three words. Home, field. Advantage, but not twenty points. 
I stand by my answer. You Home think you think Cleveland Brown Stadium is worth 20 points to us? Well, that's the only thing I can come up with. And you asked me for an answer, and that's the only answer I can come up with. I like if it was baseball, I'd be like, I, mean, I don't know if it's twenty points drums. worth, but I, that I mean, look, it's it, it is uh, bizarre at best. Why uh, they are Jekyll and Hyde uh, when it comes to whether the plan at home or on the road, and the only thing I can come up with is home field advantage. The the, the fans help the defense create those pre-snap penalties. What like. I don't know. I, I I don't have an answer, but I'll uh I'll make sure I ask everyone this week and, and Okay, yeah. I'll 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 take a poll from the Browns. That would be nice. And uh, let let people know what the Browns believe is uh the reason for such a massive disparity. All right, I like that. Thank you. I'll I'll be looking forward to those. I, listen, I, I am here to serve. Yeah, thank you. No, I like that. Um do you think if Miles Garrett, Miles Garrett wasn't particularly good. He was injured, obviously. We know that, but he he it, it was. I would a, say he wasn't effective. It was the it was the worst. It was up against their left tackle, which is the it's a bad unit to begin with anyway for the Rams, and the left tackle is the worst part of that bad unit. He should have feasted. Is there a point that comes where the Browns think to themselves, Miles isn't playing above what our replacement would be at that position, or do they just let Miles do what Miles needs to do? It's kind of like the, the the Trevor Lawrence question I asked earlier. Um, if if there's nothing structurally wrong, I think you just let him do his thing, for better or worse, uh, because it his presence out there alone should help those around him. What was disconcerting to me was not so much that Miles was ineffective. It was that the rest of the defensive front was ineffective. Nobody was able to get home on Matthew Stafford. Um, And that was a problem uh, in my view. So um, maybe that's a lesson to, yeah, okay, so you bench Miles and, you know, put Alex Wright out there for the, the bulk of the snaps or, you know, someone else like, well, uh, Miles was out there, and other guys were getting opportunities, and they weren't really doing much with it. Uh, I, I that was a, what I like to call a naked box score for mm. the defense. A lot of goose eggs yeah. in a lot of categories, um, and that's not Miles Garrett's fault. Um, so that's why I say he was ineffective more so than he played terrible. Um, he just, he was ineffective and it was unable to affect anyone around him either. Um, that's a little concerning because like you said, Rams didn't exactly come in with, uh, you know, top offensive line there. And, uh, you know, Matthew Stafford's Jersey didn't have any of those little black pebbles from that turf clinging to it yeah didn't so. need a wash after that one that no, one, no didn't and um yeah so um yeah so yeah uh but i i you look last year miles garrett after the car accident had like eight and a half sacks mm-hmm. playing with one arm basically mm. I mean, his shoulder ached for weeks last season That's a good but point. he but he felt a responsibility to be out there and you know uh similar 
to David Njoku earlier this year with what he went through, right? Um, even though I realized drastically different incidents. Mm-hmm. But um, Miles, I think, feels a responsibility to be out there and to do what he can uh, in any way he can. So it, it it's hard to tell that guy to sit down if him playing does not further injure himself or that injury isn't significant enough to where he can't play, if that makes sense. So um, if he continues to struggle, then I think that there is a conversation to be had. But, like, right now, uh, you know, um, the Browns medical staff, coaching staff, front office, Miles, they all know more than I do. Um, So you got to, you know, if everyone says he's good to go, I think you got to let him have his opportunity to be good to go. All right, Daryl. Great stuff. Uh, we will talk to you tomorrow. Are you talking to the Browns players tomorrow, or is tomorrow not one of those days? I never remember. Uh, no, uh, we'll, we'll be out there. Uh, they, uh, they're they <clears throat> hour behind tomorrow. They get an hour reprieve. So okay. uh, it usually starts around 11, 15-ish. Uh, we're going to start afternoon tomorrow. So um, uh, may, maybe Kevin has uh, you know, put together a – uh, pre-work week ra- uh, rallying cry or something <laughs> that he's going to present these guys with. But, uh, yeah, so uh hour later than normal, but, yeah, we'll be out there. All right. Hearing look, from guys. Look forward to talking to you and what you see tomorrow. Thank you, Daryl. You bet.